Well, next week we're going to be having our panel discussion again. Last week we had a number of questions we didn't get to, and since then you guys have been sending in more and more questions. So uh, next week we're going to be having another panel discussion up here. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh-oh, you just sprung my trap. Excuse me a second. Ah, we have a problem, Houston. Bear with me. This is what happens when you have props. Sometimes the props don't work. Here we go. That's better. On Sunday, early in the morning, I was praying about what to share tonight. And, um, I was just praying about it and just asking God to give me a specific word that was going to be specifically for the whoever was going to be here tonight. And I do that whenever I speak. I'm just praying about it. Because, you know, I, I've, after doing this for nigh on to 30 years, I could get up here and give a good message. You know, right now, if you give me a topic, I can go like this. And give you a message, pretty much. You know, just press my nose and something will come out. I'm not talking about gross stuff. I'm talking about the word because I've been doing this for a long, long time. But that's not what I'm interested in doing. I want to give a message that is fresh bread, not three-day-old bread. You get what I'm saying? Um, I want to have a message that is current and alive and God breathed. And so Sunday morning, as I was praying, I was just praying and just getting ready to come to church here. I was at church by about 7.30. Service doesn't start till 9.30. I was here a couple hours early. And I was just doing my thing and getting ready for some meetings. And as I, as pastor was uh, talking about the offering, I kind of zoned out and God started downloading some things to me. And I, I apologized to pastor. I said, I didn't hear anything you said during the offering because God was downloading some things to me. And he downloaded this, this simple message to me, and he said, this is what you're to share. He gave me a word, a one word. When I say he gave me a word, he gave me one word, and I didn't know what the word meant, and I didn't even know what the word was. And the word was scandalon. I'm like, okay, what does scandalon mean? It's the Greek word, and, it, and in where we get the word scandal or scandalous from, and so I started doing some, you know, the typical Google thing. You know, you look up on your phone, you say Scandalon. First of all, I spelled it wrong. It's spelled S-K-A-N-D-A-L-O-N. And it's the Greek word, which means the part of the trap that holds the bait. So that's why I have a live bait trap here. Now, this, for illustration purposes, is my friend... And I'll give you one guess what his name is. It's a miniature beanie baby. It's about 20 years old. And, and it's a St. Bernard. So his name is, you, you guessed it, Bernie. So he's my friend. He's my friend, Bernie, the beanie baby St. Bernard. And he's my, he's my victim tonight. All right? He sits in my office. He's been there for 20 years. A little dusty, but it's okay. And he's minding his own business, going through life, right? And he runs across this strange tunnel, and so he enters the strange tunnel. Oh, no, and there it went. He enters this strange tunnel, and suddenly, as he goes through, he hits this little thing right here, right in the middle, and as he's going through, 
What happens? Suddenly he's trapped. This right here, this little piece right in the middle, which you maybe or may or may not be able to see, the piece that holds the bait is called scandalon. It's also referred to as offense or to be offended. So the, 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 the double meaning here in this word that, that the Lord uh, downloaded to me was this, that in life, every day, we are going to have the opportunity to be offended. You know, it says in Luke chapter 17, Jesus said this, he said, it's impossible, but that offenses will come. Uh, restated, it, it means it's simply unthinkable that you would allow yourself to imagine that you could live this life without the opportunity to be offended. It's unthinkable that you would even imagine that you could get through this life without being or having the opportunity to be offended. You know, you can be offended any, any, any number of things could make you offended. You know, you might think, oh my gosh, that traps innocent little animals. Why does Pastor Bernie have one of those traps? He is cruel. I don't like him. I'm offended. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Okay? So, I mean, there could be any number of things. Somebody pulls out in front of you and you're offended, right? You hit the horn, whatever. You get offended. There's opportunities, they abound every day. Opportunities to be offended. But see, offense is that scandalon. It's that little piece of the trap right there that when that thing moves, the doors come down. And when the doors come down, you're trapped inside a situation that's miserable usually. And it's the bait of Satan to get you off track, to get you thinking that things are all bad or thinking non-scriptural thoughts. And offense is the devil's bait for you, and it's always there. It's there when you least expect it, and it some, most of the time takes us by surprise. Scandalon is simply the bait of Satan that comes, that, that presents to us, and if we take it, we will get trapped, and we'll end up in a trap. See, the bait, but see, for, for, for bait to be effective, it has to appeal to whoever's being trapped. See, here, I have a, a kind of a bait. Can anybody see that? That is one big worm, isn't it, right? That there's a big worm, and it's, and it's rigged so it's weedless, and you can't see the hook, can you? Especially those way in the back. But even here, you can't see the bait. Now, that's about, that's about 10 inches long. This is the biggest worm I could find in my son's tackle box. Okay, he has hundreds of these things, because he's a fishing nut. And I found one, and, I, and he allowed me to take it. I promise I didn't steal it. He gave it to me. And he rigged it for me and everything. And when the fish sees this, what do they think? They don't think, ah, I bet there's a hook in that thing. No. All they see is this big, luscious, juicy, unbelievably huge worm, right? 
and they don't have any thought that if they eat this worm, there may be a hook inside and I may end up on the ball camp's table, right? And I might get eaten because that's what happens to fish that get caught in my house. They get eaten, right? So they don't think about that, right? They don't think there's a possibility that there would be a hook inside this beautiful, luscious, huge, tasty worm. All they think about is that's a big, huge, luscious, beautiful worm, right? But inside of every temptation that the enemy brings across our path, there is always a hook. There's always a trap door. See, the lie that the enemy comes to present to all of us is this. The same lie that the fisherman presents to the fish. Look at this beautiful worm. Ignore the hook. Look at the beautiful worm, right? And they jiggle it around to get their attention, right? That's what the enemy does to us. He brings things across our path, and the lie that he tells and the lie that many people believe is this. I can eat that worm, and I won't get caught, <laughs> right? Anybody who's ever done anything that has destroyed a portion of their life never imagined they were ever going to get caught, right? I've, I've been involved in... Um, auditing and financial management and stuff for over 30 years and early in my career we we happened to uncover a person who was stealing from their company and then we ended up having to call the police and that person went to jail because they were stealing from their company and now you know I knew the guy and I was like dude what were you thinking you can't steal I mean we get you get audited we're gonna catch you what were you thinking you know what he said well, I, I was gonna bring. I was gonna pay it back. I said, you know what? That's a lie. You were not gonna pay it back. Well, yeah, yeah. I was gonna pay it back. No, man. Now you're gonna pay it back, and you're going to jail. But you see, that's the lie. The enemy comes and he says, "Oh, I'll never get caught." Oh, the lie is, "Oh, I can eat that big worm and I'll miss the hook." Right? Or I can go through there and and I can do that, but it won't affect me. But the fact of the matter is, it will affect you. And you will get caught. And it will hurt you more than you ever imagined it would hurt you if you, if you choose to take the bait. So scandalon is the bait of the trap or the thing that holds the bait in the trap. So how do people get offended? What happens? Well, when we have situations that are unexpected, we run across the potential or opportunity to be offended. That's the bottom line. When, when, we, have, when we have an experience that's so different than your expectation that it shocks you, someone that you love and respect does something that's so out of character, it shocks you. You have the opportunity to be offended, right? Something happens that is totally opposite of what your expectation, what your desire, what your plan, what everything that you were figuring on, it happens just the opposite. You have the opportunity to be offended. 
He becomes profoundly disappointed, and then offense takes place. And when you're offended, you know what happens? How you can tell when you're offended? When you're offended and when you're in a position of offense, you are literally in this trap when you're offended. The doors have slammed and you're inside this trap. Your perception is jaded when you're offended. You tend to be negative toward whatever it is you're offended at. There's, There's folks that get offended about stuff and the next thing you know, if they're offended at their spouse, their spouse can't do anything right from that time forward. And you look at him and go, man, I know your husband. He's not that bad of a guy, but they're offended. Or I know your wife. She's a great gal. What are you doing talking like that? But they're offended, and offense has taken a foothold in their life. And at that point in time, they have a jaded perspective, and they're imprisoned by their offense. They have, the doors have slammed, and they're, they're locked inside the cage. But when we're tempted by the bait of offense, we have to take an approach and say, hold it. This thing that happened right now, I know it's unexpected. I know this is, it might even be very wrong. But the fact of the matter is we've got to look at it from a perspective of biblical perspective and from God's perspective and not from our own, just our own narrow perspective. Think about it this way. In Acts chapter 16, it's, it's uh, Paul and Silas, they're on, their, they're on their way, they're going through all the different regions and they're preaching the gospel, right? So here's Paul and Silas, they're going through the regions and at night, Paul gets a vision. He gets a vision at night and it's a man from Macedonia and he's saying, hey, come over here and help us. Right? I mean, he gets a vision in the night. He knows it's Macedonia. He knows he's supposed to go there. So the next day, bam, they leave. They go right to Macedonia, right? So they get there. They get to Macedonia. They meet Lydia. They have a great revival. They have great things happen. Then he gets followed around by this slave girl who's, who's uh, bothering him, and she's a fortune teller. She's got a familiar spirit, and she's you know saying stuff. Hey, these are men that show you a way. And he turns around and spoke to the spirit, and he said, you come out of her. She gets delivered from the demonic familiar spirit. The people who owned her were making money by telling fortunes. They get mad. They beat up. I mean, when I say beat up, they beat them up. Okay. They, they whipped them, put their feet in, um, like foot shackles, put their hands in shackles and threw them in the inside of the prison. Now let's think about this. Just think that you're Paul or Silas. God, you told me to come here, right? I obeyed. I preached your word. People got saved. A girl got delivered from the devil. And you reward me by beating me up and throwing me in prison. Thanks a lot, right? I mean, come on. That's what I would be tempted to do. I'm like, dude, this is the way you treat me when I do everything you ask me to do? I get thrown in jail, I get beat up, and now I'm stuck in the inside of this prison. If you're not careful, sometimes that can happen. Did Paul do anything wrong? No. Did Silas do anything wrong? No. Why were they in prison? They were in prison 
because God wanted to reach the Philippian jailer. They had one more mission. And the only way to reach the Philippian jailer was for them to be in jail. Now, they didn't, God didn't show them that in their vision. All he showed them was a guy going, hey, come over here and help us. But the only way to reach the Philippian jailer was for them to be in jail. So they're there, and while they're there, their backs are bloody. They've been beat up. All they've done was obey, and all they did was get abused. Boy, that's a recipe for offense, right? If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all, right? Anybody <laughs> hee-haw fans, right? But what they did, instead of being offended, is they sang psalms and hymns and praised God. And at midnight, they were singing and praising God. And while they were singing and praising God, in the middle of being mistreated, beaten, and thrown in jail for obeying God, while they were busy praising God, because they said, even though I don't understand my current circumstance, I'm still going to praise him, right? They said, even though I think my situation is completely unfair, God, what are you doing, right? Even though it's totally unfair and I am not happy about it, I choose to praise you anyway. And they praised God in the middle of the night while their backs were bleeding, while they were obeying God and yet suffering. And while they did that, it said that the, the thing shook. The prison shook and the doors came open. And they could have ran away, but they didn't. They stayed. And the Philippian jailer comes out. He's about to kill himself. And Paul says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't kill yourself. Dude, we're all still here. We're having church, you wanna join us? And the Philippian jail said, what must I do to be saved? And he said the famous first Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. And you know, that night, that jailer washed their wounds, he brought his family, his family heard the gospel, his whole family got saved, and they were all baptized that night. You know, that was God's plan. God's plan, sometimes, it, when we're in the middle of stuff, we can't see the end from the beginning. All we see is what's in front of us. All we see is, God, I've obeyed you and all this stuff is going wrong. What is up with that? But God says, if you could just see three steps ahead, you'll see I really love that Philippian jailer and you're my plan for getting him saved and his whole household and he's gonna eventually be a pastor and lead a whole city to God because he's gonna be my evangelist and I need you to, I'm sorry, I'll heal your back in a minute, but you're gonna have to go through this because it's the only way for me to get to that Philippian jailer. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Yes. So in the middle of whatever it is we're going through, we've gotta stop and say, how is God using this? Now God, that's, I understand the, the theology challenges that I'm talking about here. I'm, I'm right on the edge. You know, and people are saying, oh, are you saying God causes us to have all, I'm saying God can use anything, and if you will not be offended when things don't go your way, right? 
if you will not be offended, if you will say, God, where's that Philippian jailer I'm supposed to minister to in the middle of my bad situation? If you will look up and say, what can I do in this city right now that could change somebody's life even though my life isn't perfect, even though it seems like I'm not getting what I deserve and I'm getting bad stuff when I should be getting good stuff, even though things aren't working for me, where's that Philippian jailer that I can minister to while my back is bleeding, while I'm in a bad spot, I can still be used by God and I can still change somebody life. But you won't change somebody's life if you're offended. If you get trapped in that offense, see if, if Paul and Silas had been sitting there, now I'm going to use a, a Dutch word that some of you will know what I mean when I say if they were sitting in jail and they were brooming. Now there's not very many Dutch people in here because otherwise they'd be laughing. Say, say brooming just means to complain underneath your breath. Okay, that's basically what brooming means. Uh, I, my grandmother would say, oh, quit your brooming. Yeah, that just means complaining underneath your breath. Um, you know, just doing that. If they were complaining underneath their breath, if they were offended because, after all, I'm man, God's man of faith and power. What am I doing in jail? I delivered that woman from the devil, and here I sit in jail? God, you don't take care of your people. What's wrong with you? If he was in that situation, I don't know where Paul would have ended up, but it wouldn't have been where he was, okay? And that's kind of where we're at. If the quickest way out of whatever situation you have or you're in right now, the quickest way out is by praising him in the middle of whatever it is you're going through. Now, you don't praise him for it, but you praise him in it. You praise him in it, not for it. He didn't necessarily cause it, but he can sure use it in your life. And when you go through it, you can help others who've gone through it also. That same comfort that you receive from him, you can give others. When you're tempted, the key is, when you're tempted to get offended, when you're tempted to be uh, to feel sorry for yourself, when you're tempted to give in to some other, um, some other sin or some other temptation, when you're tempted, here's a big one, when you're tempted to judge others, when you're tempted to judge others, just remember, there's a truth that you can't get around, that the judgment and the measure that you use for others, you will be judged by. So be careful how you judge because whatever you judge others as, you also will be judged by that same measure. It's a few weeks ago, I'm gonna tell on myself. I never tell on anybody else, I always tell on myself, right? That's what you gotta do, that's one of the rules of preaching. You can't, you can't tell on other people, you can only tell on yourself. A couple few weeks ago, my wife and I were traveling and, and um, we had, my mother's in, the, in her last days of her life and, and she's 94 and they got hospice in. It's, 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 a, it's a tough situation. Um, it's not fun um, seeing your mother um, just about to die and it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, so I was kind of somber and I was remembering some of the challenges that I've had um, with my mom and, and um, I kind of was... I'll just be honest, I was kind of judging her and her, and her parenting toward me, and um, 
You know, just, I was. I was judging her, okay? And uh, in the same breath, my wife and all her wisdom started pointing out my flaws in the way that I've raised my own children. And I got offended at her for pointing out my flaws, right? I'm just being honest with you. We aren't always perfect, right? If, if, somebody, if somebody gets up and says that they're perfect in their marriage, uh, newsflash, they're lying, okay? Okay, we're two human beings. We always make up, but we don't always get along perfectly, okay? Um, so I was offended at her because she, you know, she, without even realizing she was being used by God as God's thumper, um, God was thumping me uh, through my wife because I was judging my mother and in, in the way that, you know, her, her and I's relationship when I was a kid. And in my judging of my mother, my wife started judging me in the way I had, you know, interacted with um, some of my children. And I got offended at my wife. And it was about three hours, four hours later. And I was, you know, I wasn't being a total jerk, but I was being quiet. Um, maybe I was being a total jerk, I don't know. But I didn't think I was being a total jerk. And um, so it was about three or four hours later and she'd asked me, are you, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out why I feel like this, you know. And uh, so I went on the, we were in Florida and I was, we were on the ocean, beautiful setting and I was watching, it was night, it was dark and I was listening to the waves and I'm thinking, you're such an idiot. Why are you feeling like this? Look at the setting, come on. And so I was just praying going, God, what did I do? What's going on? And just like that, and so God's so faithful, the Holy Spirit just brought up Matthew chapter seven to me. He says, judge not lest you be judged for the same measure that you measure, you, it will be measured back unto you. It says, why do you point out the speck in your brother's eye when you yourself have a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite? First remove the plank and then you can help your brother. And I said, and here's what the deal is. I just said, Lord, I repent for judging my mom. I repent, and God, I repent. And I went to my wife, I showed her the scripture, I said, this is what God showed me, I repent to you, I'm sorry, you don't owe me an apology, I deserved everything you said to me, and it's all good, and I'm fine. And we had a great rest of that, we had, and, I, and we had a great rest of vacation. What I'm saying is, the truth will set you free and take you out of the prison if you've been offended and you're in prison, the way out of prison is by the truth. So I prayed and I said, God, what is it? And he immediately spoke to me a scripture. That scripture brought life. You said, you shall know the truth, John 8, 32. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So if you've been offended, if this is you, and you know, I've, I've been vulnerable. I, I you know, don't enjoy sharing my failures with people, but hey, hopefully it helps somebody. Um, but here's the reality. If you have been offended, and if you have, have, if you feel like you're in a prison, if you feel like you're like my friend Bernie here in that little cage, if you feel like you've been in that jail, in that prison of offense, and you say, you know, I'm just offended at my mother, I'm offended at my husband, I'm offended at my wife, I'm offended at my boss, I'm offended at, you know, my pastor, whatever. You're in prison. If you're offended, you are in prison. 
You've been imprisoned by that offense because you've taken the bait, the scandal on, and you've been imprisoned. The doors came down and you're imprisoned by that offense. The only way out of the offense is by to know the truth. And the truth is, the person that hurts you probably didn't mean to hurt you. That's the truth. And the person that hurt you, if they did hurt you, they probably were hurt themselves. And that hurt, hurting people hurt people, right? That's, that's just what happens. Hurting people hurt people. So when, if someone hurts you, it's probably because they themselves have been hurt and they're still hurting. So what God wants us to do is to look past, look past the worm, look past what that, that, that little bait that says, well, they hurt me and I hate them. No, there's no life in that. You gotta look past the worm and realize that that hatred has a big old hook and he'll put that hook in your jaw and he'll drag you away. The enemy will drag you and make your life ineffective if you, if you allow that hook or if you allow yourself to be put in prison. The only way out is to know the truth and the truth will make you free. How do I get to know that truth? You ask God and say, God, what is it? Just like I did on, that, on the balcony down in Florida. I said, God, what is it? What, why am I feeling like this? In a matter of literal seconds, that scripture came to my mind and literally within a minute, I was free. Now, I didn't let it fester for 10 years, obviously. But the point is this. You can know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So if you, if you are in this situation, you're here, and, and you're, you're listening to me tonight, and you say, I took the bait. I'm offended. I, I, have been, I feel like I'm, I can't get away from it. I'm, I'm in this spot where I'm, I'm offended towards someone. What do I got to do? Do I got to go apologize to them? Maybe, maybe not, not always. Sometimes it's impossible because the person you know, might be already passed away and then maybe they're already gone and you can't go to them and apologize to them. But the point is, God will show you what to do. He will show you scripturally what to do. And if you, and if you need somebody to help walk you through it, we'd love to help you walk through that. There's, there's lots of people around here that will help you walk through that whether it's through Freedom Ministries or anybody who's a prayer partner, would love to talk to you and help you. But the bottom line is, you know the truth, and the truth is the only way out of being trapped or hooked by an offense. It's the only way out, is the truth. And the truth is that God loves you. That, that, that thing that offended you, if you really look at it, you're going to look at it from, if you look at it objectively, you won't be offended. For instance, I know some folks that get really mad when people pull out in front of them. I used to be one of them. I'm not anymore. But if you really stop and think, you're going, dude, are you really that important that, you know, the person pulled out in front of you and you had to slam on the brakes and now you're 10 seconds behind on your trip? Are you really that big of a deal that you can't be 10 seconds late? You know, come on. Really? That gets a little bit out of balance, don't you think? If you'll just take a step back from the emotions of it all and say, God, help me. God, show me. What is it? How can I get free from this? What is the truth that I need to read, that I need to hear, that I need to accept that will set me free from this? That's the bottom line. Let's pray.
Father, I thank you that today you want us, your people, to hear your voice. You have a great plan for us. God, you have such an awesome, awesome plan for each and every one of us. Not just a few, but all of us. And Father, that plan includes doing great things. But Father, we know that when we're offended or when we're in prison by offense, if we're walking in that offend, offended posture that, that we are hobbling along and we're not walking in a way that you can really use us to our fullest potential. So Father, we thank you that you love us and there's no condemnation. If, if you're in a position tonight and you're, you say, man, I, I got a serious problem. I'm offended at someone. There's no condemnation. In fact, I applaud anyone with the courage to, to admit that they're offended. I admitted I was offended, and I would encourage you that when you keep something a secret, it retains its power in your life. But when you bring something in the light and confess it, it loses its power in your life. So I would encourage you to bring it out into the open and not keep it a secret and not foster, let it fester in the dark, but rather let it get out in the open and let the light of the Lord Jesus and the light of the gospel shine on that area of your life. So if that's you, if you say, if you say to me, I have been offended, I'm walking in offense, and I've been offended, I'm offended at, it doesn't matter who, you don't need to tell me who. If that's you, I, I, I need you to write where you are, and we're just gonna pray one prayer. I'm just gonna ask you to lift your hand. I'm not even gonna ask you to come forward, nothing. Everybody just keep your eyes closed, and if that's you, just lift your hand. I'm not gonna have you come forward, I'm not gonna, nothing like that. This is bet literally between you and God. I, I see hands all over the place. If that's you, you say, I'm offended, I've been offended, and I need to get free. I gotta get out of this prison. All right. Thank you, Father. Okay, all those that, that, that have your hands up, I want you to, and all those that are, that even that didn't raise your hands, you guys that put, had your hands up, you can put them down. Now I want everybody, if you would, just repeat this prayer with me. And then I'm, I, I encourage you, if you want someone to pray with you afterwards, we'll be down here and we'd love to pray with you. But let's just pray a corporate prayer to, to conclude here. And then if you want further to talk or to have someone pray with you, we're going to be down here also. Say, Father God, I confess that I have taken the bait and I repent from being offended, I ask that your truth, the light of the gospel, would shine on my heart, illuminate my soul, and show me what to do. I commit to do whatever it is you tell me to do. If that means restitution, if that means apology, I will do it. I thank you, Father, for setting me free, for giving me scripture, 
for speaking life to me tonight. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Jake. Now, we're going to be up here afterwards, and we'd love to, I'd love to talk or pray with anybody that would like, to, like, to, like that. And uh, just want to encourage you just to recognize the enemy's plans. Recognize it. When, when something looks bizarre, realize it's the enemy trying to get you in a trap. If, if somebody acts just really bizarre toward you, just realize and just start to laugh or, you know, realize it's just the enemy overplaying his hand. You know, uh, the other day I had a guy pass me on the road. I, I didn't think I did anything and he showed me the naughty finger and, you know, got all mad at me and I literally just went, <laughs> What? I don't even know what I did. Sorry, dude. I don't know what I did. And I just laughed. Had no effect on me. See? And, and there was a day that would have really offended me. Okay? But it's just a beautiful thing to not allow the enemy's absurd behavior to, to impact you. Just let it, let it go. Don't take the bait. Just keep on trucking. Keep on walking and don't take the bait. All right? Awesome. Thank you.